welcome to the preaching ministry podcast of Mount Pisgah Baptist Church in Easley, South Carolina. Our goal is to exalt the Savior, evangelize the sinner, and encourage the saint through faithful exposition of God's Word. If you've got your Bibles this morning, I want to invite you to find the book of Luke, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter two, and then we're also gonna find ourselves this morning over in Hebrews chapter 10. So put your finger in Hebrews chapter 10, as well as Luke chapter two. And, but let me preach to you for just a few minutes this morning on this subject. Backstage of Bethlehem. Backstage of Bethlehem. Let's stand together as we read these verses together, beginning first in Luke chapter two. We'll just read two verses. Scripture says in Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Hebrews chapter 10, the writer of Hebrews says in verse 5, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not. Underline this. Pay attention to this. It says, But a body hast thou prepared for me. Look at verse 7. Then said I, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. Heavenly Father, as we walk through this passage that you've assigned to us this morning. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, teach us what it is you would have us to know from your word today. And we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Over the last several weeks across this country and even inside our very own church, we have watched Christmas productions happen. Uh, last couple of weeks ago, we saw our choir do their thing. We saw the kids do an entire play telling the story of the birth of Jesus. Our preschoolers sang for us last week. But some of you will remember years ago being at a Christmas play at a church where kids would put on a terry cloth robe and they'd wrap something around their heads to try to reenact the Christmas story. I remember as a child at Dunning Baptist Church, I was in the Christmas play and I got in trouble because I didn't do my part correctly. And the reason I didn't do my part correctly is because my brother was playing Herod the king. And my part was to come out and bow down to Herod. And I just got to thinking about that while I was backstage and I thought, I'm not bowing down to my brother. Now he's older than I am, but I'm still not bowing down to him. But these plays that happen, there's so much that's happening on the stage. If you go to some production and there's a play that is taking place out on the stage, there's a lot happening out there. But there's a whole lot more happening backstage. Because those who are backstage, they know what's happening on the stage, but they also know what's happening next. So I want you to take a trip with me this morning. Let's go to the portals of heaven. 
and let's get backstage and earth is going to be the stage. Is everybody with me? I tell you what, let's do it this way. We'll be heaven. Here's the stage. And those that are in heaven are preparing for what's about to happen. And we're here in heaven on that very first Christmas Eve. Jesus is about to step over the portal of heaven into a trough of Bethlehem. So are you with me? We're in heaven. It's the very first Christmas Eve and Jesus is about to make his appearance here on earth and the curtain is about to rise on one of the greatest events in all of human history. Up until this day, there's been many shadows of what would happen. There's been many shadows that spoke to the coming Christ. But on this day, there's no more shadows for he's about to make his entrance into the world. Now, here we are. Gabriel has just shown up and said, hey, Mary's ready. Joseph is in. He's going to be faithful. The shepherds are out in the field. They're getting tuned up. So it's about time. Can you see Jesus as he's about to step over the portal of heaven onto this earth? All of heaven is watching this take place. Can you see with me? Abel peering over and Abel, he, he didn't bring the work of his own hands to the altar and God accepted his sacrifice. And now Abel clearly understands can you see Abraham? As Jesus is about to step out of heaven and onto earth, and Abraham says, I left the land of my fathers. And he's about to do the same thing. Can you see Isaac? Isaac, who walked with his father Abraham up Mount Moriah's hill. And Isaac turns to his dad and says, I see the fire, I see the wood. But where is the sacrifice? And Abraham said what to Isaac? God shall provide himself a sacrifice. Isaac now sees clearly what daddy was talking about. Can, can, can you see Moses? Can you see Moses, the one who had taken the Passover lamb and spread the blood of that lamb on the doorpost and the lintel? That meant deliverance, but now he sees clearly as the lamb of God is about to step into the world. Can you imagine Rahab? Rahab, who is often referred to in the scripture as Rahab the harlot. Now, let me just call a time out right here and say, you may have come here today. You showed up with some family. They invited you and you feel like your whole life has been messed up. And there's no way that a holy God in heaven could ever love you. There's no way a holy God in heaven could ever save your soul. There's no way that you could ever get your life right back on the uh, on the right path, I want you to know Rahab understands how that feels. She probably felt like she had ruined her life. But if you go to Matthew chapter one, she's in the genealogy of Jesus and Rahab made the front page of the New Testament. So I don't care how far you think you've gone. I don't care how much you've sinned. I, you, listen, you ain't smoked enough. You ain't sexed enough. You ain't done too much that Jesus Christ can't save your soul and change you forever and forever and forever. Forever. And Rahab, 
she thinks back likely to that scarlet thread that she left in the window. And now she sees, she sees clearly. How about Isaiah? Isaiah's standing over here and Jesus is about to step out of heaven and into earth. And he says, man, I wrote about this. About 700 years ago, I wrote about this. That he would be born of a virgin. And that he'd be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father, Emmanuel, God with us. And, and Isaiah now sees clearly. And here's Micah. Micah goes, wait a second. I wrote about this. Hundreds of years ago, I said it would happen there in Bethlehem. And now Micah sees clearly. So can you go with me to backstage of Bethlehem on that first Christmas Eve? Jesus turns to the Father. And we see it in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 5 that says this, a body you've prepared for me. Our triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, God the Son is about to step onto earth. Can you imagine the celebrating in heaven? As Jesus said, a body you've prepared for me, I go to do your will. And there he is in a trough in an out-of-the-way place called Bethlehem. And I imagine all of heaven began to celebrate, and you and I should celebrate with them. And so there's three quick things we can celebrate. Number one, we celebrate the birth of a son. Luke said it this way, for unto you is born this day. Now, births are not that uncommon. A quick Google search will tell you that there are about 385,000 births that happen in the world every day. But there never been a birth quite like this. Because God, who is spirit, became man. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. John 1, 14 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. There's never been a birth quite like this. By the way, let's get our theology right. There's never been a time that Jesus was not. He has always been. He's the first begotten of the Father. He was not created. He has always been. He's the one that spoke it all into existence. He's the one that will stand before one of these days when the time on this earth is over. But there's never been a birth quite like this. If you go to the genealogy of Jesus in the first chapter of Matthew, you'll read Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, Jacob begot Judas, and on and on and on and begot and begot and begot and begot. But when you come to Jesus, it doesn't say he was begotten. It says, and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. He's the first begotten of the father. And he showed up as a baby there in Bethlehem. And if there's anything we should be celebrating, we ought to celebrate the birth of this son. Not only do we celebrate the birth of the son, we celebrate the blessing of a savior. You see, Luke said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior. Hebrews 10, seven, Jesus turned to his father and he said, a body you've prepared for me, I go to do your will. 
You see, Jesus knew the will of the Father. That's one thing to know the will of the Father. It's another thing to do the will of the Father. Jesus knew the will of the Father, and he did the will of the Father. He who had a spiritual body took on a physical body so that we that have a physical body could take on a spiritual body. And he came that he might save us from our sin. Now, that word Savior speaks of one who would make secure, one who would deliver from the penalty and the power of sin. And 33 and a half years after the events of Bethlehem, Jesus would arrive at the Garden of Gethsemane. And in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse five, he says, a body you've prepared for me. Verse seven, he says, so I come to do your will. 33 and a half years later, we're in Gethsemane. And Jesus begins to sweat and droplets of blood begin to pour from his forehead. And he makes this statement, Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. What was his will? His will was that Jesus would go to the cross for you and for me and pay the sin debt. Now, it's not hard for us in this place to accept the fact that we're all sinners. None of us have arrived. None of us. The scripture makes it clear we have all sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us have fallen short. Every one of us have missed the mark. But Jesus came to be our savior. So because of sin, we deserve to be separated from Christ for all of eternity. But because of his death on Calvary's cross, we might be saved. We might be set free from the bondage of sin. And they marched Jesus up Golgotha's hill to a cross. And he shed his blood for you and for me. Oh, we celebrate the birth of a son. But we also celebrate the blessing of a savior. Thank God he is a savior. Sinless savior. We celebrate the birth of a son. We celebrate the blessing of a savior. But then we celebrate the beauty of the sovereign. Luke said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now, the word Savior in the New Testament appears 24 times. The word Lord appears 627 times. You see, the third verse of Silent Night says this. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. <laughs> he didn't become Lord when he got crucified on the cross. He didn't become Lord when he rose from the dead. He didn't become Lord when he ascended to heaven. He's not going to become Lord when he returns. He was Lord from the very beginning. There's never been a time that he was not. There's never been a time that he wasn't fully in charge of everything that is going on. You say, pastor, if a loving God is in charge of everything that is going on, why does it seem that everything's going downhill and it's going down the drain? Because this is a sin cursed world and he's coming to make it right one of these days cause he is Lord listen that same brow that was there in that trough in Bethlehem is the same brow that they stuck 
a crown of thorns on, but is the same brow that will one day be crowned with a royal diadem, King of kings and Lord of lords. And the Bible says he shall reign forever and forever. So backstage in Bethlehem, can you see them as they turn to each other? I see Isaac look at Father Abraham and say, I ain't believing this. It's really about to happen. Isaiah goes, I wrote about it 700 years ago. Adam says, you know, he, he took some animals and slew those animals and gave us those coats to cover us. And now he's going to provide a robe of righteousness for those that are lost. I see Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Micah, Hosea, celebrating the birth of a son who will also celebrate the blessings of a savior and one of these days in church, it ain't gonna be long. We're going to experience the beauty of the sovereign Lord who is coming to reign forever and forever and forever. And the question is very simple this morning. This little babe in Bethlehem is the savior of the world. And the question is this, is he your savior? Has there ever been any time in your life that you realized that you were lost and undone without Jesus? You see, if you ever came to that conclusion, it's the love of Jesus that helped you come to that conclusion. That you're just lost in need of a Savior. All of us are. And when you come to that conclusion, the Bible says we can repent. That means to just have a change of mind and a change of direction. We repent of our sins put our faith and trust in Jesus. That just basically means I'm not in charge anymore, but he's going to be Lord of my life. He ain't in the co-pilot seat anymore. He's the pilot of my life. He is in full charge of my life. And this morning, I, I would submit to you that the greatest decision you'll ever make is when you surrender your life to Jesus Christ and are saved by the glorious grace of God. You see, heaven is real. And just like the words of the prophets came true when Jesus showed up the first time, the words of those same prophets and some of the New Testament disciples are going to come to pass as well. Because every prophecy was fulfilled when he came the first time. And every prophecy will be fulfilled when he returns again. And the question is, are you ready? And I pray today, you know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. If not, I would love an opportunity to speak with you. As soon as this service is over, I'll be here at the front. You come and grab my hand and say, Pastor, that Jesus you're talking about, I need to be saved. I don't know where my eternity is. If I took my last breath on this side of heaven, I don't know where I would be. We would love an opportunity to speak with you. There'll be folks out at Next Steps after the service that you can talk to. Folks here, listen. The greatest desire that we have here at Mount Pisgah 
is that everybody that's under the sound of our voice would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. You see, somebody said it's quite like, quite as easy as the ABCs. You just admit you're a sinner. That ain't very hard to do. <laughs> Listen, I'm standing up here and it ain't hard for, for the preacher to admit I'm a sinner. We A, admit we're a sinner. Believe, B, believe that Jesus died on the cross. Believe that he rose again from the dead. And then we confess him as Lord of our life. And if he's dealing with you about that, I would love an opportunity to talk with you about your soul. But today, for the believer, we should lift our voice and celebrate the Christ of Christmas. Not only should we celebrate the Christ of Christmas and celebrate the message of Christmas, we should also circulate that message. So would you pray with me, Heavenly Father? I pray that we as a church, we as a people, would celebrate the message of Christmas. And Lord, I pray we would also begin to circulate the message of Christmas. The Lord, once we've been saved by God's grace, we've been told to go. We've been told to share the good news of the gospel with those who need to hear. And Lord, symbolically this morning, we acknowledge that you are the light. And Lord, you've asked us to be a light and not to hide our light, but to share that light in a dark, dark world. May we do that this morning is our prayer. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you grab your candles right there? And one of the things that we wanna consider as we, as we light these candles is that the message of Christmas is not just celebrated, but the message of Christmas is circulated. So when you receive the light, why don't you turn and share that light with someone else. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the preaching ministry podcast of Mount Pisgah Baptist Church. If you'd like additional information, please visit mtpisgah.cc.